This morning we're going to be starting a, a study in the book of 2 Corinthians. So let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians. Let me read verses 1. Pardon me? I'm sorry. I thought you said something. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Let me read those verses. And I like to read an overview of the, of the verses that we're going to study. Uh, then we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in and, and go verse by verse uh, through this passage. Paul is writing to a church there in Corinth. He says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if you are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And, and our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for that title of you, God of mercy. God of comfort, thank you. Father of mercies, Lord, thank you for that. That's who you are. And when we gather together, undoubtedly, there's some of us that are suffering today. And we need to be reminded. And we need to not only be reminded, but we need to experience you, Lord. So, Lord, we pray for, for each one of us that we'd understand the truths of these things. But, Lord, for those who need a, a connection today, Lord, would you, would you visit with them, God? and help them to touch you in faith. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A little bit of background. We'll be getting more background each week as we go. It's really important to understand that uh, these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote and the other apostles wrote didn't happen in vacuums. It was real people, real time, real place, real situations. The Apostle Paul founded the church in Corinth, and we read about that in Acts chapter 18. He was there a year and a half, and he was their spiritual father. And so he brought them to faith. And Corinth was a very, very immoral place. Uh, 10,000 temple prostitutes serving, servicing the city. A very, very immoral place. And in that place, he went and preached the gospel and, and people got saved. He, re, he encountered opposition from Jewish leadership. He finally departed from them, actually started a church next door, which is always really smart. <laughs> start a church next door to the people that hate you, you know. But that's what he did because that was the door that opened. And so Paul was their spiritual father. Over the years, the church struggled in many ways. They were a church that followed personalities. We read about that in 1 Corinthians. They were given over to kind of cliquish behavior. They, they were impressed easy with people. 
And this was one of their weaknesses. They also really uh, tolerated and, and didn't steer away from immorality. One of the things that we're going to read as we go through 2 Corinthians, and this is a very very personal letter, probably Paul's most personal letter, very, very much uh, autobi- autobiographical. Uh, there were self-appointed apostles that followed behind Paul all the time, and they always tried to discredit him and gain, his fo- and gain followers for themselves. So that's kind of the setting, and as I said, we'll get more into the setting each week. Here, you know, the greeting, Paul has kind of a standard greeting. He identifies himself as an apostle chosen by God, and so basically... He has some strong things to say to them, but he says, look, I'm not self-ordained. God ordained me. And so I think that's something that all of us should be able to say in our lives. A Christian by the will of God. I I do believe that I can say a pastor by the will of God. There are some here that are evangelists by the will of God, children's ministries, ministry leaders by the will of God, so on and so forth. And so we want to be what we are by the will of God. And Paul is simply stating that because two reasons. They had grown cold and indifferent to him. And secondly, there were other people trying to discredit him. And if they can discredit Paul, they discredit the gospel. And so Paul was forced in this book to defend himself. The letter was read to be read at Corinth and then beyond. So it was a regional letter, not just for one church. And also he wished them grace and peace, which was basically, I wish for you God's divine favor and the peace that comes from knowing him. And so beautiful wishes uh, for anybody, for us to, to, to share with anybody. So, suffering is not unique to the Christian. There's, you know, all people of all flavors and, and nationalities and belief systems, everybody suffers from time to time. I think there's a huge difference. There's, there, let me say this. There's a sameness among all humans in, 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 in our suffering. There's a sameness of emotion. There's a sameness, perhaps, of some hopes and thoughts. But, but there's a very unique difference in the life of a Christian and when they suffer because when we suffer, God has made us promises that he will use the suffering in our lives and it's not just for us, but it's for, for his kingdom and it's to reach people in the world. And so I want us to be very careful to not think on the human level that we're better than anybody, but God has made in, incredible promises to his children, to those who have said yes to him, who, have the, who own the name for themselves. I'm a Christian. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. There are promises that God has given us that in that sense separate us from the rest of suffering humanity and what they're hoping for and what they hope to see accomplished from their suffering. And so we're going to see that today. So uh, undoubtedly, you know, when we get in, we're not a huge crowd, but undoubtedly there's probably people here that are suffering a lot today. If not, you will be soon, probably. (laughs) Or maybe you just finished a season of suffering. How should we respond to suffering? This is going to be the the real main thrust of what we're going to look at today. How do you respond to suffering? What is the Christian view of suffering? When you're suffering, what should we think about? How should we view it? What What should we think about God? What should we think about ourselves? Because really, so much of the battle is in the mind. When you, when you are suffering, number one, follow the notes, remember who God is. You always need to remember who God is. Look at verse 3. Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of mercies, God of all comfort. Blessed be God. That word blessed is the Greek word eulogetos, 
And it's the word from which we get the word eulogy. And when you do a memorial service or go to attend to a memorial service, there's a eulogy and you want to speak, hopefully you are able to speak well of the deceased. Have you heard the joke about the mafia guy whose brother died? And he went to the priest and said, listen, priest, I I want you to do my, my brother's funeral and I want you to say he was a saint. And the priest is thinking, oh boy, you know, I'm in trouble now. I can't say this in front of all these people. And anyway, so they're there at the, at, the, at the cemetery and he's saying, you know, Joe here, he was a bank robber. He was a thief, extortioner, had people beat up and all of those things. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> so we want to be able to speak well of people. <laughs> That's a good one. You want to be able to speak well of people at a memorial service. And, and it's a blessing for me to officiate a, in a memorial service when I can speak well of someone. When you're going through suffering, speak well of God. Not because of how you feel, but because of who he is. Look at what Paul says here. He's the father of mercies, which means God is full of compassion and pity for us. He's also the God of all comfort. That word comfort has the idea of someone coming near to me to help me. And so when we, we, when we are suffering, remember who God is and speak well of him. Don't just remember who he is, speak well of him. Remind yourself, speak to yourself. When I'm suffering, I need to be sure about who God is as a Christian. Christian suffering is unique from, from human suffering in, in these ways that we're considering today. Timothy Keller has a great, great quote, suffering is unbearable if you aren't certain that God is for you and with you. Knowing that he's for me and knowing that he's with me can help take some of the sting out of suffering because I know he has a high purpose for my life and not only for my life, but everybody that I'm going to come in contact with. Paul uses the word tribulation. God, what is God? What, remember who God is. He's the one who comforts us in our tribulation. The word tribulation literally means pressure. And this is kind of sad and disgusting, but in ancient England, when you were convicted of a crime, one of the ways of execution was they'd keep stacking heavy weights on you until you died. They'd lay you flat and just put heavy stones on you and finally, you know, your body would be crushed. Guys, when you're suffering, you guys know this, you feel the pressure, don't you? Sometimes it just feels like like a boulder on your chest when you wake up in the morning. Paul says he comforts us. Notice, and don't miss any word. Don't, miss any, don't even miss one word when we're studying the Bible. He comforts us in all our tribulation. That's what God is about. That's what he who he is. Now notice, verse 4, he comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. When and where, this is an open book test, and we're looking at the first part of verse 4, and you will get a free cookie at the cookie table after church if you get this correct, now that I have your attention. When and where does God comfort us? The cookie winner is Connie. In our trials. Notice that, it, notice, don't miss a word. He comforts us in all our tribulation. Now, many times when we're going through suffering, the main prayer, and I totally understand this, is God, take away the pain. Take away that person, heal my body, show my boss that I shouldn't lose my job, whatever it is, remove the suffering and then I'll feel better. Okay? A lot of times that, that is true. The suffering is finally removed and you do feel better. But what Paul is saying is you can feel better before the suffering is removed. Why wait that long? 
If you wait until the suffering is removed, maybe that was a degree of faith. If you receive comfort and consolation in the midst of suffering, that's a greater degree of faith. And you didn't have to wait as long. You guys with me? Do I have to say that again? Are you with me? (laughs) You don't have to wait till the problem goes away to feel better. You can start feeling better in the problem. That's the Christian way to view suffering. Not like, Lord, take it away, but Lord, help me now. I don't know how long this is going to go on. Help me now. Lord, be the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort to me. Now, notice verse 4, in my pressure. Not only when the pressure goes away. So we think wrongly if we believe that relief cannot come until the suffering ends. The relief can and does come before the suffering departs from us. Notice also the second part of verse 4, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's an if-then aspect of what Paul is saying here, and I don't, I've never was good at math, and I'm sure there's a perfect mathematical term for, it, for what I'm trying to communicate, but... Uh, if, if you have a big equal sign, let's say my table, my table here is a big equal sign. And on this side, far, far over this way is the suffering. Hope the camera guys are following me. Are you with me? Here, way over here is the suffering. But in faith, here's the comfort that I received even before the suffering went away. And what does that equal on this side? I'm glad that you asked. That, that equals on this side experiencing the comfort of God. So if I'm over here and there's a huge trial going on in my life and if I'm able to say in the trial, Lord, you're the, God of, you're the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, work in my heart now, Lord. There's going to be a corresponding, if I do that, then I will have this over here. I will have an experience that says, let me tell you what God did for me. I was suffering over there and and I was kind of just praying for things to go away. But then I remembered that great sermon by Pastor Bill. And he said that we can experience consolation and comfort in the middle of the trial. And let me tell you, I've started believing that and I started seeking the Lord and I didn't start praying against my boss. I started praying for him. I started praying about all this to write, I have a writer. And if I did that, I did do that. Then I got this. And it's a mathematical equation, almost like an algebra kind of thing. All these crazy numbers and letters equal this over here. Look what he says in verse 4. That we may be able to comfort those who are, are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. If I'm, if I'm able to go through this thing over here in faith, and when I say in faith, I'm not saying that I'm going to walk away from Jesus. Okay, here's the trial that's awful. And here, here am I. Now I'm a Christian and I'm not repenting. I'm not rejecting Jesus, but I'm just sitting here saying, Lord, why did you do this to me? Why, are the, why is this? I can't believe this is happening. And you're complaining. By the way, it doesn't take any talent or, or maturity to complain. It's really easy. Everybody can do it. So That's not where we want to be. And we also don't want to just white-knuckle it and say, I'm just going to hang on till it's over, just going to hang on till I don't know when this is going to end. Oh, Lord, when's it going to end? Okay, that's, that's, that's just that's baseline. Which, I mean, the worst thing you would do would be, well, I'm just going to go back to my old life and forget God. He let this happen to me. So we're not even talking about that. Here's the trial, and here's you maybe just kind of going, oh, I just got to hang on till it's over, you know. That's, that's not responding in faith, or maybe a degree of faith, but the greater faith is to say, Lord, here I am. Boy, I don't understand this. 
But I read in your Bible that you're the God of mercy and the, fa- the God of all comfort. You're the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. And you have pity and compassion and you come near to me. So I need you to come near to me right now. And I don't want to wait till the trial's over. I want you to meet me right now in the midst of... Where, where did, where did the, 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 the image of God, where did Jesus, if you will, meet, meet the three Hebrew children? In the fire. Remember in the book of Daniel? He met them in the fire. Where did Jesus minister to his disciples in the boat on the stormy sea? So this is what Paul is saying. Look at verse 4. We are able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves receive. Guys, if you're just right here doing a white knuckle thing, oh, it's so hard, Lord, I don't know why you're doing this. Come on, God, come on, God, come on, God. Then the trial's over and you go, oh, thanks, thanks that it's over. And someone comes and says to you, how'd you get through that trial? I don't know, I just waited long enough. I don't know why God sent it. There's not much of a testimony there, is there? There's not much of a praise report. You didn't backslide, but there wasn't any great demonstration of faith. There wasn't any great exercise of faith. God didn't meet you in the fire. He just let the fire die out. So there's a great thing that the Apostle Paul is telling us here. Look at verse 5. For as, that's that mathematical term, for as, Think, 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 of the, think of the equal sign. Think, think of the, the scales, the balances. For as this, then that. Look at verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so... Here's all the sufferings, but Paul went through them in faith. So our consolation also abounds through Christ. To the degree that you will go through life in faith, especially when you're suffering, is the degree that you will receive consolation that is absolutely supernatural and heavenly. If you wait long enough, the trial will go away. But what do you have on this side? What can you offer if you just, if you white-knuckle it on this side? I'm dancing today, aren't I? If you white-knuckle it on this side, what can you offer the person on this, on this side? Well, just hang in there. Just hang in there. That's, that's oh, oh, really? Gee, I didn't know. Just hang in there? Oh, okay. Thanks for that deep counsel, you know. That's not much information, is it? That's not much inspiration, is it? Just hang in there. But if the person on this side can say, God met me in the middle of the fire. Really? Can he meet me in the middle of the fire? Yes, he can meet you in the middle of the fire. He's the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Yes, he can meet you there. Then you have a great testimony. You can read about Paul's suffering, and I encourage you to do this. We don't have time today, but read about Paul's suffering in chapter 11 and in chapter 12. Paul had it rough. As he, served, as he served Jesus. So, what do we have so far? When you're suffering, remember who God is and remember what God does. Remember his character and remember what he's doing with the suffering that you're going through. Why God allows suffering. There's a quote here by David Gusick. God had a larger purpose in Paul's suffering than just working on Paul himself. God brought to others through, through Paul's suffering. God brought that comfort to others through Paul's suffering. It wasn't just about Paul. Dear brothers and sisters, if you're suffering today, it's not just about you. Number one, don't backslide. Okay, that's, that's a given. Number two, if you're white-knuckling it and hanging on, you're just hanging on until it's over, okay. That, but there's something better than that. Before you leave today, come forward for prayer. Let us pray for you. Lord, meet me in the middle of this trial. And then also remember that it's not just about you getting through the trial. It's about you having a testimony that could bless a lot of people, right? Our former youth pastor, Petey Kim, we knew him and loved him. 
And then he went and started the church refuge in, in American Canyon, and he died at age 35. And I, we, that just blew us all out. And we just, you know, I'm sure a lot of us were saying, Lord, why? I mean, why? But his wife, his widow, Jim, she didn't just hang on. She, she exalted in the trial. She hung on to Jesus. You can find Petey's memorial service on YouTube. We, did, we had it here. The memorial service was great, and then when she got up to speak, it was astronomical because she had nothing but Jesus to hang on to. She had received comfort that blew us away, and her testimony, amen, guys? How many? Her testimony was tremendous. She didn't sit on this side saying, Lord, why'd you do we just celebrated 10 years. What, now my kids are going to grow up with that. Why did you do all these things? I love you, Lord, but I don't understand. Anybody would have said, you are legitimately you know, allowed to say those things, but she wouldn't do that. I'm sure she thought with them, but she didn't stay there. She went over on this side and said, Lord, you're good. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And I'm going to stay here at this place. And she had a testimony that's tremendous. So if you're suffering today, this is the place where you can be. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Look at verse 6. If we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. That word effective, Paul says, if, if, we're, if we're going through hard times, it's effective for you. And the word is energeo, which means it's energetically powerful. So what he's saying here is I'm going through all this stuff, but I'm having this godly attitude and I will receive amazing consolation and it will be energetically powerful as I tell you about it because you can receive it too. It's the power of a testimony. It's a power of somebody saying, not only I understand the Bible, but I lived these verses. I'm not telling you this is true because I believe the Bible's true. I'm telling you it's true because it happened to me just like the Bible says. And that's, a, that's energetically powerful in our lives. And that's what Paul is saying here. Look at verse 7. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will be partakers of the consolation. Notice the math equation again. As so. Okay, Corinthians, we know you're going through a hard time. We know you're going through a hard time. But as you do that, so you will also receive the same kind of consolation that is heavenly if you will remember who God is and what God does. Look at, verse, uh, look at that, that quote again from David Gusick, uh, number five there. We see Paul living in the footsteps of Jesus, who was truly an other-centered person. Paul's life is not focused on himself. Man, when I'm suffering, it's all about me. But not Paul. Paul's life is not focused on himself, but on the Lord and on those whom the Lord has given him to serve. Is Paul suffering? Absolutely. It is so that God can do something good in the Corinthian Christians. Is Paul comforted? It is so that God can bless the Corinthian Christians. It wasn't all about Paul. It was also about the Corinthians. If you're going through suffering right now, it's real easy to make it first person. That's okay. But it's not just first person. It's going to be, if you get through this thing in the fashion that the Apostle Paul is teaching us about, this is going to be a lifelong lesson. Who knows dozens or hundreds or thousands that you will be able to 
counsel and encourage because it's real for you. I've had stuff happen to me 30 years ago where God did something amazing and I can still tell the story. And God's still using it and it's energetically powerful to help somebody else as they look in my eyes and say, that really happened to you? Yeah, that happened to me. And this is what God did. Nick, and the same for you, my friend. Just, it's more than white knuckling. It's saying, God, you're the, you're the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies. Meet me in the trial, Lord. Not after the trial, meet me in the trial. And Paul had a tremendous testimony. Verses 8 through 11, as we wrap this thing up, if you have any questions... Uh, feel free to text them up. I don't think Paul liked to talk about himself too much, but every once in a while he felt like he had to. Verse 8, We don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. We were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Now, don't ever let anybody tell you these two things. You're a Christian, you should always be joyful or you should never feel sad, something like that. Paul said, it felt so bad, I thought I was going to die. And he, he, is a, he is a godly man, he's a spiritual man. He, that's not the only thing that he felt or thought, but he certainly felt and thought that. It's natural to feel these things. It says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus cried out vehemently with tears to the one who could rescue him. So Jesus cried out for relief. So, no shame in this room, all right? You guys with me? No shame in this room for saying, you know what? It's hard right now. You can come to me or Pastor Vince and you say, I, you can say this and I'm with, I'll be okay with it. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm okay with that. You're not less than spiritual. Apostle Paul said it. It was hard. There's a list of some things here that he may have been referring to. He talked about wild beasts in Ephesus. He was uh, beaten with, with rods, 39 stripes. It was, he was caught in a riot, uh, persecution, recurring physical malady. He had a lot of things going against him. Things from without, as he said, and things from within. Verse 9, we have the sentence of death in ourselves, but notice how he always turns the corner that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. What's the worst thing that could have happened to Paul? Could they could have killed him. What would God do? Raise him from the dead. <laughs> That's perspective, isn't it? If you can say the worst thing they can do is kill me, well, God can raise me from the dead. And Paul was going through things that were teaching him to not trust in himself. To not trust in himself. I think Jesus sometimes gets put third or fourth or fifth down the list after we trust in ourselves and then in our friends and then in this and that and well, if nothing else worked, I guess I'll trust in the Lord. Put Jesus at the top. Put Jesus at the top of the list. Trust in him. Trust in him who can raise the dead. Now I want you to notice a couple more things and then we close. Paul said in verse 10, God who delivered us from a great death, so from so great a death, and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Notice the chronology of Paul's life. At some point, there was a time when Paul wasn't a Christian. And he became a Christian there on the, on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And there was some point where the persecution started and the suffering started. And there was some point in his life, for the first time in his life, he had to decide, wow, I can sit here and kind of cry in, cry in my cereal 
and complain legitimately, or I could start trusting God. There was a time when there was a time in Paul's life when he did it for the first time. And then he saw God's faithfulness come through. And then there was a second time. And then there was a tenth time. And then there was a fiftieth time. And there was the hundredth time where he was suffering and he trusted in, in God and God was the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort to him in the midst of the trial. Now I want you to see, look at verse 10. He delivered us from so great a death. That was my past experience. He does deliver us. I'm still doing that today, he says. He's, he's still delivering me today. And I have every reason to believe and we trust that he will still deliver us. Faith led to faith, led to faith, and it just compounded on itself like a holy snowball <laughs> rolling down a hill. It just kept building on itself. And every time it built on, itself, on itself, every time, every time faith was building upon faith, what did Paul have over on this side? More to offer people that were still on that side. If I asked you, if I asked you this question, I would expect that your hand would go up. If I asked you a second question, I wouldn't expect so many hands to go up. Number one, how many of you want to be a blessing to people? How many of you are willing to suffer terribly to be that person? Shall I ask the first one again, knowing what the second one is? How many of you want, you know, you know what I'm saying? You really want to be a, a blessing to somebody? Get your teeth kicked out. Have your hope taken away. You don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when you get down to zero and all your tricks and all your abilities and all your friends and everything else is not working and then when you're at that place and you're all stripped away from everything, everything's stripped away from you, it's like, wow, it's just me and the Lord and he comes through. You never want anything else on the list after that. It's just him. Paul learned how to be a man of faith and he became a great example that other people could watch like Jen Kim is an example to us. We can watch her life still and see her being a woman of faith. How many of you want to be a blessing to other people? Are you willing to commit your suffering so that that can happen? Because God does some great things in us when we suffer. Great things. He, stri he strips away all, all, the, all the fluff all the extras are just peeled away. Finally, verse 11. We've been talking so much about Paul, but Paul was careful to include the Corinthians. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Paul's faith, Paul's faith, Paul's faith, Paul's faith. Oh yeah, by the way, I sure needed you guys to pray for me. This is, this is where you can write in a, a prayer request. This is why we're going to pray on Monday, the day after the prayer requests come in, so we can get to work on praying for you guys. If you can make it tomorrow at 12, would you please join us from 12 to 1? Pray for our church. Pray for our community. If you're going through something and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to tell anybody about it. I don't know if I... Hey, you can say, Brother, Brother L is suffering terribly with anonymous illness, and we will pray for Brother L. And then in three weeks, it's Brother Leo. Oh, he's given us his name now. And then after that, it's like, oh, he's given us, telling us what the illness is. And hey, he's doing really good. And not just health-wise, but his attitude is great. We want to pray for you guys. The Corinthians were a mess. They were immoral. They were cliquish. 
They were, they were a messy, messed up church, and God still used them to pray for Paul. And so Paul also said at the, at the last part of that, he said, so that thanks will be given on behalf of many. Paul could say, I had faith, I had faith, I had faith, and those messed up crazy Christians over at Corinth, they prayed for me too. Now a whole bunch of people can say, thank God for what happened. Guys, this thing goes like this. You pray for me, I pray for you. I have faith so that I can encourage you, so that you can have faith, so that you can encourage me, so that I can pray for you, so that you can pray for me. It just goes on and on and on. Faith building on faith. The, the baseline should be sitting here saying, I'm not going to backslide. That's the baseline. I mean, if you do that, praise God. But step over here a little more and say, you know what? I'm expecting, God, I'm expecting you not to answer the, the problem or show me uh, what to do about it or anything like that, but just meet me in my soul and give me the comfort that I need because I feel like my head's going to crack. That's what God does. Amen? Anybody ever experienced that? All the hands that just went up have a testimony. I like what John Corson says. You have to go through a test to have a testimony. But then you have something to say. Any questions this morning? How do we know if we are white-knuckling the trial or truly relying on Christ's comfort? Well, let me see your knuckles. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have peace? Yeah, are you experiencing... Is the peace increasing in your life? Is, there a, is, is calmness increasing? Is there less scattered thinking about all the ways that you could maybe change the situation? Is your mind calming down? Uh, the, if, if those things are happening, then you're moving in that direction. You're moving in that direction. If your mind is just turbulent like this all the time and you're feeling like, you know, I need to find somebody that has some pain pills so I can take a few and have a glass of wine and calm down and you're having kind of ungodly, uh, you know, remedies, then you're not experiencing the peace of God. Also, where's the line between relying on God's comfort and falling into self-pity? Well, I think if you're falling into self-pity, you probably won't be looking to rely on God's comfort. Self-pity is, is the prefix in that phrase is self. <laughs> and so it's just self-oriented. And if I sit down and talk to you, guys, I'm okay, I'm okay with us saying, I mean, I've said these things. Man, it's really hard right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I mean, I have a great counselor. My wife's a great counselor. And she, I can go on and on and on. And then she'll just say like three words. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand self. Well, we don't have to be embarrassed about self. But you just don't want to stay there. Selfville is a bad place to live, okay? Self-center, self-city, ah, stay away from Selfville, you know? And, and keep turning your eyes to the Lord. What should I do if I have been backsliding? Repent. Repent. If you're asking that question, that's a, that's a good indication that you're realizing and understanding, I'm not living how I should, okay? In the Old Testament, we learned this at the men's retreat a week ago on Friday, the people had fallen into idolatry. I believe it was Moses. God said through Moses, prepare your hearts, put away your idols, and turn back to God. So the person that's asking this question, I'm glad that God has your attention. There's some things in your life that have to go. Get rid of them. Get rid of them and turn back to the Lord. But I'm really thankful that you're asking that question. That's, that's an indication. The, un, the unsaved person never, never asked that question. The unsaved person has no struggle. The saved person knows, oh, I'm not living like I should. So that's, I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm really glad to, to read that question. 2 Corinthians 1.6 says that there are people that have gone through struggles 
and God comforted them through it so that they were equipped to help someone find the comfort of God in their struggles. Yeah, it's saying that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, God, doesn't, God doesn't bring me comfort just so I can hoard it up, you know, and keep it for myself. It's so that I can have a testimony and, and share that same comfort with other people. Exactly. Stand together. We're going to pray. If you need some prayer today, we'd love to pray for you guys. We want to pray for you on Monday, so put in the prayer requests. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord. By the way, if anybody said yes to the Lord today, we'd love for you to come and tell us about it. Amen. Lord, thank you for that, that you're the God of comfort, the Father of mercy, Lord. Thank you so much for who you are and what you do, and nothing's wasted, Lord, in our lives. None of it's a waste. Help us to believe that we can go far beyond just hanging in there. That, Lord, you can meet us in a tremendous way and we can experience truly peace that passes understanding if we will just keep looking to you, Lord. So thank you that you are pitiful to us, Lord, as a father pities his children. So you pity us because you know that we're just dust, Lord. But you're encouraging us, Lord, to be strong in you and to look to you. So, Lord, strengthen our hearts. We pray for any today that are suffering. May they look to you and, and begin to feel more and more peace and comfort even in the midst of the fire. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys.